a part of the Big Give yesterday, as I like to make sure it's referred to community Big Give, so it doesn't get confused with it. It seems like everybody's doing a Big Give in the community. Uh, the community Big Give we did yesterday actually was phenomenal. So you come in on this high of serving the community. We'll share some of the details of what happened later, but it's just an honor to partner together with everyone, with so many agencies in the community, so many groups, and, and although it was even hard this week, uh, we had a volunteer that wanted credit for their volunteer hours at WSU. Uh, it's hard to even say that out loud, just to say that out loud. But anyway, they, they and, um, and so I actually did fill out the paperwork so that they could get credit. And we became like some affiliate program for WSU. It's painful to admit. So I'll call the Huskies. UW and make sure they're about, they have a higher priority volunteer schedule. I don't know. Um, just rubbing that in. People talking smack about the Apple Cup. I'm just like, come on. Go Huskies. Okay, moving on. Uh, that's all I'm going to say about it, maybe. Uh, no, we had so much fun to, to serve alongside city leaders, school district leaders, food banks, and uh, uh, really most honored was to serve those who have great need. And uh, that's really what this series is about, is honor, the, the gift of honor. And we look at gifts. We're developing gift lists. We're going to go out and shop Black Friday at like 4 a.m. or whatever, you know, and try to get the best gift that uh, could, we could put under the tree for the people we care the most about and all that. And we have this gift that we can give consistently, regularly throughout the community, and it's the gift of honor. It's the gift of elevating those around us and building people up and really coming out of a position of humility for us and discover this way of honor, discover the gift of honor, and as we'll look at next week, the, the hospitality of honor. And uh, so we're having fun with this series. Today's focus is honor is given. And there's this passage that could just, should bother us, right? It says in Luke 11:43, What sorrow awaits you, Pharisees? For you love to sit in the seats of honor in the synagogues and receive respectful greetings as you walk in the marketplaces. Jesus is, is coming against this religious group. It's a religious group called the Pharisees. And um, challenging them that they are kind of in this shameful position because of their demand for honor, if you would. They're, they're living in this place of expectancy that we're going to be the most honored. And they're going to do anything, anything to remain in that seat of honor. As we see, if you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, you'll see the price and the extent in which they go to maintain their religious eliteness, their position of honor. And I think when we consider the world around us, we can think of people that are doing similar. That uh, you can have someone in mind, you know people that want to be seen. They, they do things to be seen as a person of importance. Not that they are doing things to make them a person of importance. They want to be known as a person of importance. Can you picture someone? I mean, we all have had moments where 
We feel we should be recognized or deserve recognition, but don't get it, you know. And, and these live for recognition. These people are pursuing that. And they'll be tempted then, if that's our drive, we're tempted to tear others down to elevate ourselves. We're tempted to go around people and burn bridges so that we can be elevated. I'll never forget the first moment this happened to me in church world. So came to church at the age of 21, started serving and found places, teams to, to give myself back, you know, to start being one who gives back. And, and so I was serving on a leadership team for a young adults program in our church. And, and we were brainstorming of ways to reach more 20-somethings, as we called it in the day, the 20-somethings group. Boy, that's got all kinds of ramifications to have a group like that. But anyway, the 20-somethings. There are people that are 40-something that really feel 20-something, right? And uh, so that was an interesting group. But it was fun. We were serving all these people, and we were having ideas, and we were brainstorming ways to minister to them and reach them and help them grow in a relationship with Jesus. And, and so we would brainstorm. And I'll never forget when some, I forget even what it was now. It was like, but something went really well. And I remember it being recognized by the church, and they were so proud of it. And a person on staff within the team took all the credit for the idea when I knew it generated from me. And I sat there just going, oh, that's kind of, that feels weird. I found myself getting a little angry and a little like, wow, that, that kind of hurt a little, right? That didn't feel good. When I know I generated this positive energy for the kingdom of God and somebody else took credit for it. And I kind of justified it in my mind and I'm an avoider, you know. So I was like, oh, I'll just, okay, it's all good. No worries, you know. And so I just kind of water under the bridge. It didn't kill anybody. Nobody's going to go to hell because of it. But it was, left me a bit confused and leery of kind of fully investing myself, right? Maybe that's happened to you. Uh, we've all been victor, victims to what I would call honor grabbing, right? Where somebody around us grabs the honor that was really due us, but they saw this opportunity to elevate themselves and took credit. Happens in every world. I just wasn't like ready for it as a new follower of Jesus to happen in church world. And, uh, but it does even enter, we're all human, right? And so I remember working through that and allowing the grace of God to rise up in me to move ahead. And, and that's kind of what generates this subject for today. It's an interesting one, but the big idea today is honor is given and not deserved. And um, the thought here really is when you think you deserve honor, Maybe you've lost sight of what honor is. If that's your driver, if you're going to fight for it, if you're going to demand honor, it's not how you get authentic, genuine honor. And God's challenging the Pharisees, ultimately. Jesus is confronting them that this is not a good practice. You guys are just doing life to be seen. This is not an overflow of your heart. And uh, you go to this moment and you go, we can't demand this thing called honor. This is a gift. It has to be given. 
Live your life in such a way that you're worthy of honor, even if you never get it. Even if you never get it. When you live to be honored, you'll find sorrow, according to Jesus' instruction there to the Pharisees. When you live a life worthy of honor, you'll find honor because God is the ultimate one who orchestrates it. Therefore, he gets all the praise, right? So if we keep that in mind, we're going to kind of follow that little rabbit trail today because there's some tensions involved in honor. Uh, some of us struggle receiving honor, recognition publicly, we squirm. Others are in a constant pursuit of it and wrestle with the, the patience to get it. And uh, so some thoughts to help us work that out. The first one is the only honor you control is what you give out. That's the honor we control. We have the power to give honor. Honor has to be given. We have the power of giving honor. And when receiving honor, it's completely out of our hands. If it's going to be genuine. I mean, we can orchestrate our own honor receiving, but it's weird. And everybody feels it in the room. This is one of the most discerning times and generations. You can't, like, fake this stuff. It's just really goofy if you do. It feels odd. And so we need to elevate those around us because the reality is what we give comes back in return. Jesus taught this. He, he challenged us with this around forgiveness. He, he, he challenges us in Luke 6, 38. Give and you will receive your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together, to make room for more, running over, poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Now, I know that's used when taking offerings all the time in churches. If you've been in church before, you may have heard that passage. But the context of that passage is dealing with forgiveness. And uh, you look at that principle carrying through to generosity but it carries through to honor as well. We have this opportunity to give honor to those around us. We have the power to give it, and so we need to give it. And one of the natural realities is that when we give it, in the amount we give, it will come back overflowing, running over more than we can stand at times. Awkward, even but we still need to just pour honor into the world around us because we're missing it. it. You can feel the tension of, of just living a life lacking honor in the world today. If we get stuck in a mindset of control when it comes to our own honor being received, we lack the humility for truly receiving genuine honor. Isn't it sourced in humility. Isn't that where you sense it is when, man, I, the cool thing about honoring that person is they really weren't expecting it. And it's just received in a con total different spirit than if they were really expecting it. And it's like, yeah, I knew it. I was like so deserving of this, you know. It's just weird. Um, and I think you can think of moments like this I, because lack of humility can lead to humiliation. Um, so a scripture we'll read in a second calls it embarrassment. 
but have you ever heard a speech, put yourself reflection hat on, and you've been in a room, maybe it's an awards presentation or whatever, somebody's talking about someone and they're just giving a shout out and you, they're giving all the describers, they're keeping it a secret till the end and you're just hearing it and the more you hear them bragging and talking and sharing and, and lifting someone up, you're like positive it's you, right? You're just going, yeah, yeah, I have done that, that's awesome. They haven't said it's you, but you're like, oh, this feels good, this feels awesome. And then right when you're about to stand up before they're done, they say somebody else's name, and you're like, oh, dear goodness gracious, hope nobody saw that. I was ready to receive that honor. You know, and you're just kind of squirming. Maybe it happened in the area of a promotion at work, I mean, many a great movie are built around this kind of attention, you know? I don't know if it's been in a Hallmark one yet this year. There's like 30 more, but you know, just like looking at the, the mean boss and then they get the girl, but the second guy always gets the girl. If you're the first guy in a Hallmark Christmas movie, sorry, you just don't get the girl. And, uh, uh, but I look at this and I go, when you're thinking Christmas, holiday movies really are supposed to start after Thanksgiving. So once you start watching them after Thanksgiving, there's a classic scene in one of the movies you probably shouldn't watch anymore because, uh, but anyway, Clark Griswold, uh, <laughs> great historian, historical moment in our culture, uh, was confident he was getting a Christmas bonus, right? The company was going to give them a Christmas bonus. It was going to be amazing. It was going to be huge. And he brings the family together when the envelope arrives. And he tears the envelope open in front of the family and looks at it. I would show you the scene, but you would learn a bunch of words you shouldn't in church. So I was just going to not show that clip. You just have to envision it if you've seen the movie before. And, uh, and it's for Jelly of the Month Club for a year membership. And he is not happy, he says some angered things, and he wants his boss brought right into the room so he could tell his boss what he thinks, you know. And you just kind of envision the pain involved with that moment. Why? He felt entitled to this honor that he expected the company to recognize him and give him this Christmas bonus that his family needed, he had already spent, you know. And, and that tension and ultimately embarrassment that happened right with all of his family in the room. We all make this mistake at one point in time in our life. I mean, what expectations do you walk into the room with? Um, what are your assumptions? And will you expect to be the most important seat or do you enter the room to elevate others? As we talked last week, that's a better position to be in, to be one who elevates others. Here's a chunk of passage. Luke 14, verse 7 says, When Jesus noticed that all who had come to the dinner were trying to sit in the seats of honor near the head of the table, he gave them this advice. So here's some advice from the Son of God, right? That's pretty important. Verse 8 says, when you're invited to a wedding feast, don't sit in the seat of honor. What if someone who is more distinguished than you has also been invited? The host will come and say, 
give this person your seat, and then you'll be embarrassed. And you will have to take whatever seat is left at the foot of the table. Instead, take the lowest place at the foot of the table. Then when your host sees you, he will come and say, friend, we have a better place for you. Then you'll be honored in front of all the other guests. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humbled themselves will be exalted. Let's read that one more time. That's the money verse, right? Verse 11. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Then he turned to his host. When you put on a luncheon or a banquet, he said, don't invite your friends, brothers, relatives, rich neighbors. They'll invite you back, and that will be your only reward. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. Then, at the resurrection of the righteous, God will reward you for inviting those who could not repay you. Wow. That's, that's a challenge, right? In this parable, it says in, in, this, in one of the commentaries, this is a quote, it says, in this parable, the honor came from the host who publicly acknowledged the humble guest. In the reality part of the parable, the honor came from God. It's a passive. Will be honored is divine passive. In reality, ultimately, genuine honor comes from God at the source. We might be used as the vessel for that honor to flow through. But in the natural, if we position ourselves in a position of honor that we've yet to earn or, or we feel entitled to, but other people don't feel like they're in a position to give that yet, we end up embarrassed. Man, how do we, how do we avoid that moment? Because none of us want to be asked to take a seat somewhere else, right? That'd just be the most incredibly awkward thing. Reality is my, we might have the, we have the power to give this type of honor and elevate others, but we, don't, we shouldn't assume we have the power to take a seat on our own initiative. That's what Jesus is challenging. Live a life free from the expectation of entitled honor. Instead, generously give it away. The negatives of living to be honored are shame and embarrassment. So far in Scripture, that's what we've seen from just what we've read today. What has led you to be dishonored is a good question to ask ourselves. Like, where have I put myself in a position where I had to be dishonored like that? And let's learn our lesson because we need honor in the culture today. And I think we have a lot of dishonor, very public, public dishonor constantly, social media dishonor. We just bash people. But we have this opportunity to give shout-outs and honor. And it might change our world. In reflection of thinking of dishonoring moments, were we trying to lift ourselves up before others lifted us? When and ultimately we have the opportunity to exemplify giving honor. If you're persistent in honoring others, you'll be considered humble. And those who are humbled will be honored. They'll be exalted, as Jesus said. The key here is humbling yourself. Sit at the first seat. So... I'll never forget a moment at a past church I was at celebrating its 50th anniversary. I was a youth pastor on staff. And uh, 
I was teaching a Sunday school class, and I heard this ruckus in the kitchen, the kitchen that was next door to the Sunday school class, and I'm like, why is someone in the kitchen? And the area of town was a little questionable, so you'd always, you know, kind of want to know what was happening in your surroundings. And, and so I went into the kitchen, and I didn't recognize the person that was eating out of the refrigerator items that were for a celebration later in the day. And so I just asked, I was like, hey, can I, can I help you? You know, as nice as I could, probably wasn't that nice. And, uh, but I was just like, hey, can I help you? And, and uh, they were like, oh yeah, we helped start this church. And I was like, oh, not, not, my, my name's Thad. I introduced myself as a youth pastor. Oh, I, well, hey, this is the food for later today. They're like, yeah, well, I helped, I helped start the church. So I'm gonna have some food. It's like, okay. That's awesome, right? It was just so weird. I didn't know what to do with it. So I was just like, enjoy it. It looks good. You know, I just didn't know what to do. And, and uh, so it was one of those weird moments. I don't know if you had one like that. But the cool thing is, like, this is funny. And, and I like putting people on the spot that don't know they're going to be put on the spot just because I can. And I look out at the room and notice what's happening. So today at Open Life, Tim and Joe Del Grove showed up to church. Ah, you didn't know I was going to say anything about you. And, uh, uh, and, and they're sitting in the very back row right now. And uh, they helped start Open Life nine years ago in our house. And, and you just go, if there's honor, do somebody that invested into what has made this possible and everything else that happens in and around the community, the seeds of the very business structure of open life Tim helped form, the group culture Jodell helped shape, and they're sitting in the back. They're not in the seat of honor. I didn't put like a reserved thing and blanket and like blue ribbon or whatever, you know, but it's just like the reality is when you're humble, you're exalted. So thank you guys. Can we give them wild applause? Isn't that fun? Just to make you squirm in your seat. Is that awkward? We'll talk about that in point three. We'll talk about that in point three here in a second. I'll just come out with the mic and ask you how awkward it was. I'm kidding. I'm not going to do that. Um, second thought is give honor where honor is due. I kind of demonstrated that right there, right? But give honor to whom it is due. Romans 13, 7 says, Give to everyone what you owe them, pay your taxes and government fees to those who collect them, and give respect and honor to those who are in authority. Other translations would say, give respect and honor to whom it is due. And you could find something about every single person in here that deserves honor. I love this. And we hit on this a little bit last week. But what if our vision, which it is ultimately, but we're four people, right? We're, we're, and we want to find the good in the world around us. What if we were so consumed with finding the good that, that it was easy to honor instead of finding the reasons people should not be honored? Not all who are in authority over us are honorable. We get that. Not going to name any names. In fact, some are just plain painful to be around or watch or listen to. But the reality is, we can't control who loses honor, but we can determine to find a way to give it. We can't control the fact that they may lose it, but we sure can give it because it's due them. And this week I had the opportunity to present 
about two different events. I got to present about the community big give and then the, the Bonnie Lake giving tree, uh, which we'll have tags hopefully next Sunday for. Usually we have them today, but we'll have tags uh, for giving gifts to kids in the community with needs next week. But I look at this and go, I had the opportunity to go. They invited me to share about these at the city council meeting, Bonnie Lake city council meeting. And so I show up there and, and to share and there was a class there from a Bonnie Lake homeschool group that was doing like a government class. And the final for their class was they had to show up at a Bonnie Lake city council meeting and present uh, like something they wanted them to be aware of. And so each of them, and it was, took forever. I thought it was going to be late for our staff meeting. It was Tuesday night. And they were reading through these different things they wanted them to be aware of and in the community, in and around the government culture. And, and they all began in the same way. They walked up. They were all dressed in suits and stuff. It was awesome. And they walked, in fact, cutest thing ever. One of them walked back and put, took his jacket off and gave it to the next kid because he didn't have a suit coat. I was like, that was awesome. But uh, they walk up and they go, uh, Mayor, the people of the council, it's an honor to be here today. And then they presented their case. And you know what? Some of what they presented was in complete disagreement with everybody on that council. But you know what they did anyway? They gave honor to whom honor was due. These people who are sacrificing their time on a weekly basis, on a consistent basis, to help the city run. And you just go, what a great demonstration. Whoever their teacher is, whatever that class is they're doing, they're homeschooled, so it's their parents, I guess. But, you know, it's like uh, whatever program they're following the curriculum, their teacher, oh, yeah, mom, I love you, mom. Uh, but you're just looking at it, they're doing a great job. I mean, they got up there and gave honor. And it was such a vivid example of this that it couldn't have been easy. I mean, some of them knew that there was direct opposition staring right at them. But they did it anyway. And I like that. They're learning honor. And if we could be the teachers of that just through our example, how beautiful would it be, right, in the world we live today? Because we should be giving respect and honor. We're challenged here in this text. How about 1 Peter 2.17? If, if this must be like one of Bob Goff's favorite passages because it says this, honor everyone, right? Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. Man, when it comes to who we should honor, there's no limits in that, right? We can find something in everyone. So if we dismiss a certain group of people, Cougar fans, let's just say. Anyway, uh, but if we, I said I wasn't going to go back there, and it just came right to me as a vivid example. That's not in the notes, sorry. Uh, back to Bob Goff. No, uh, when you have all that you need, build a longer table, not a higher fence. We read that quote last week, and it fits here too. I mean, the reality is, is we're talking about where we should sit at a table, the seat of honor, and these different passages, the reality is, is everyone deserves to be at the table. Go out and invite everyone in, Jesus challenged his disciples. Don't just honor the easy ones to honor. Honor everyone. Find something that we can build up in all people. Let's create a better humanity. This is a great 
purpose for us. We got to demonstrate that yesterday as we just loved on people and elevated this community. That is worth everything, right? Everyone deserves honor. Everyone deserves a seat at the table. Let's grab the seat of humility and allow others to experience honor like never before. Ephesians 6, 2 through 3, you have to read when you're talking about honor. It's my duty uh, to read this passage No, as a parent. It says, honor your father and mother. There you go. Let's pray. No. Uh, all the parents are like, yes, I was hoping he'd get there finally. No. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you, and you'll have a long life on earth. You can't pass up this command. Here's one of the greatest opportunities in culture and TV and sarcasm and cynicism kind of encourages the opposite of that, don't they? I mean, we think it's funny. Oh, they dissed, they dissed their parent or their teacher. Or they show, you know, we, we, man, they really took a stand. But what they did is they really dishonored. And you get this culture that happens in schools and in families. And, in, and it's just, it's a challenge why kids, students, why would they throw this opportunity with a promise away so easily in the world we live in? I don't think we have to accept it. I mean, this is a promise. This is a promise-held command that if we would honor. So what does that look like? There's so much hinging on this. And it's like, for students, like, if they would just, young people, if you would show honor to your family, all kinds of doors of favor open up that you could never have imagined. Life would be easier. So why go another route? Why would we choose a way of, uh, of getting back or talking down when really we should... Find the promises in elevating our family. Disclaimer. I know some of you have families that you're, you've had some painful experiences through your family. And when you hear a passage like that, you get a little mad at God even. Right? Like this is not, this is a hard passage. Because I, my parents did this to me or left me like this or I was alone and I had to raise my you know these are realities of our culture today family struggles if you will but we still have this promise how do we honor still maybe it's through forgiveness and finding that tense and but but incredibly freeing path When we don't forgive and we live in a way that doesn't give honor anymore, we put ourselves in our own prison. And we're not going to experience that long life on earth because of what we're doing to our spirit by living in unforgiveness. What if we could release that? The only way we're going to find that release again is in humility. It's hard. And I pray for all of you that that's attention for, because that is not an easy one to walk through. Thought three, accept honor when it is given. This is when it gets hard sometimes, right? It gets a little awkward. I think one of the coolest things about our world today is Chick-fil-A's made it 
uh, kind of elevated this hospitality thing or this customer service thing in a way where if you thank them for, if you've gone to Chick-fil-A, we don't go there often, we have a peanut allergy in the home and unfortunately they use peanut oil. Anyway, uh, we, so we don't get to enjoy the deliciousness unless we're by ourselves. But we go there and uh, you say anything to them, thank you or whatever, and what's their reply? My pleasure, exactly, they got it. Way to go, Todd, you, you nailed that today. You're like, somebody eats a Chick-fil-A in here. Way to save the cows, Todd. That's awesome. Uh, eat more chicken. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just crazy to consider, isn't it? That they go, it's this southern hospitality, if you will, right? But my pleasure. Sometimes when we're being honored, it's hard to just say thank you. Just to receive it and say thank you. In fact, it looks weird when people deny their honor. Not being political, but it's weird when sports teams don't go to the White House when they're going to be honored for being the champions. It just feels really awkward, even though they might disagree with whoever's in office. I just go, that's hard. That's really uncomfortable. But sometimes it's uncomfortable for us. Um, it can be awkward to receive an award in a room when you're like, so many are deserving of this. It can be awkward. This has happened. There's been moments where in the community, Thad Huff has been honored, right? I get up there, and I'm there, in my eyes, 100% is open life. But then they'll hand something to me, citizen of the year, and it says Thad Huff on it. And I'm like, should say open life on this thing, right? Or, and it doesn't. And then you wrestle with, man, how do I share this win humbly? And thus begins this tension. Because it's like, hey, church, you've done this. Like, this is you. Has your name on it. Oh, yeah, sorry, guys. You know, I mean, it's just weird to me. I mean, and that's probably humility speaking, but we got to realize we need to receive honor when it's being given to us. And it can be really, really humbling when it's moments where we think, man, everybody else deserves it. Um, so we receive it humbly, and we make sure we thank everybody who's involved. And we realize, really, most of all, instead of making us feel awkward, it should make us be overflowing with gratitude in that moment. And that's the position I usually take. And I do share the win, even though it feels awkward at times. And you just go, honored to receive this, and, but it's really all you. In those moments, I don't know, it, it's, it's like, should elevate all of us to realize wherever we go, we go collectively. Even if you're given an award, or you're given an award, or you're, you know, Ed led the Sumner Big Give, he'll talk about in a second. He led the Sumner Big Give for the first time ever yesterday as the point person of that location, and did an amazing job, and they snagged the mic from him at the end, he was telling me earlier, and, and said, thanks, Ed, for making this all happen. And that was both an awesome and awkward moment, wasn't it? 
We have those moments in our life, and I just want to say the right response is, my pleasure. Thank you. And then share the win. Share the win with everybody. Accept honor in those moments. Live in that moment and realize it was the spirit of God, not the spirit of entitlement that brought this about. In no run sheet did it say for Ed's team in Sumner, make sure you say thank you to Ed. Because that would have been weird, right? But out of the spirit of gratitude, they did it. And it was genuine. That's the world we see. What if we could bring genuine honor to everyone around us? So action point for this week, and really for the rest of your life, but this week specifically, give someone honor this week, right? What if we live every week of our life looking for ways we can give honor? You have the power to be that vessel God can flow through and give honor to people. And we don't have enough of it. We don't have enough people saying thank you. We don't have enough people saying you're making a difference. We don't have enough people saying, hey, when you did this, that blessed me. It's simple to give honor. And I just challenge you to be one that would do it. That's all we have the power to do is give it away. So be the givers. Can I pray for you? Lord, I thank you for the opportunity we have to honor in the world around us. We can make a massive difference in our neighborhood, in our workplaces, in our families. As we come together at the Thanksgiving tables of this, this week, there's a lot of building up we can do. There's a lot of honoring we could do. I pray that you would give us eyes that would see and ears that would hear so that we could be quick to give honor away. That we could give it away generously, graciously. Because not always are we a huge fan of those who deserve it. But you still challenge us to give it. So God, help us walk through the tension. Help us to receive honor humbly when it comes, but not to live in anticipation of it. We realize when it comes, it was your hand. And so we thank you for the honor we get in our life. We thank you for the honor that's given us as a church through the lives of everybody who make up the church. What an honor it is to see each other honored and built up and then give that away to others. Use us to do that this week. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.